a lot on this show about the power of content marketing. But what I'm going to be talking about in today's show are some real-world examples of different companies and how they're tackling marketing in the freight space. Welcome into another episode of Cyberly. I am your host, Blythe Bramley. Even on the show, we cover the attention economy, B2B marketing, and how it all fits into the world of logistics. And in today's show, I'm going to be giving some of those aforementioned real-world examples from the freight tech space, carriers, and 3PLs of some of the companies that have caught my eye as far as marketing is concerned. And then we're going to get into a lengthy interview with Freightvana's VP of Business Development, and that is Lars Ward. We had a chance to talk to each other out at Manifest, the Future of Logistics Conference. And it was one of those conversations that ended up lasting about 45 minutes. So that's going to take up the bulk of today's show. But I thought it would be a really great compliment to highlight not only one company that is doing a great job with marketing, because Freight Vana, I feel like they've just come out of the woodwork, just guns a blazing. And it's one of those things where on social media, you have seen them everywhere. So that's what we're going to kind of dive into for that conversation. But before we get into that conversation, let's talk about some real world examples of some freight marketing that I think is doing a really good job and that you can pull inspiration from in order to, you know, sort of tackle those internal marketing that you're probably sitting on the fence with, or maybe you're wanting to get started in the world of marketing, and you're just not exactly sure how it's going to fit into your time and into the day. So let's use some real world examples. And then that will help sort of, you know, spur those creative juices and and help you develop a cohesive plan before you start that next campaign. So the first topic, which companies are doing the best in freight marketing? And I want to sort of list this as a few different caveats before I fully dive in because... I wanted to make sure that we're not listing influencers or meme accounts, which is sort of a separate entity in and of itself within freight marketing. Now, the influencers and the meme accounts are for sure growing, but they are a little bit different, a lot different really than the folks who are working inside of a company. Maybe you're an executive that's working with a smaller team and you haven't hired a marketer yet. So you're the one that's tasked with doing a lot of the company's marketing. And so from that lens, that's where I want to put the focus of this first segment because there are definitely, you know, lots of companies out there who have a fuller marketing department where they have, you know, maybe five, six, seven people or a full team inside of the company. And those are even on in a league by themselves as far as marketing is concerned. So these examples that I'm going to give is a very brief roundup that hopefully these ideas you can pull inspiration from. And then also one last caveat, this is not a cumulative list. So don't come for me if you don't see your company listed and you think that you're doing a good job, because I want to make this a regular series in the future of pointing out the companies that are doing a great job so that you can pull inspiration from. Um, Or maybe there's other companies out there that you think are doing a great job and you don't see them listed here today. Like I said, there's only going to be one or two examples going to be covering the tech space the carriers and 3PL. So obviously there's a lot of other modes of, you know, transportation even in the logistics se- sector with uh, warehousing and other forms like that drayage. Those aren't being covered in this episode, but they will be covered in the future. So if you know of a company that's out there that's doing a great job, find me on LinkedIn at Blythe Brum and then shoot me a DM and let me know of the companies that are out there doing a good job that should have a spotlight on them. So the first one I'm going to list is in the freight SaaS space, and it should come as no surprise. It's sort of a no-brainer, but Flexport. We talked on this show 
about six months ago about their CEO, Ryan Peterson, going viral on Twitter when he's simply just talking about the things that are going on within the industry. He's talking about them on Twitter. He's making the connections there. And then from that perspective of sharing your insight on Twitter, the next step that he did is he went to sort of the front lines of the shipping crisis out in on the West Coast ports. He, he talked directly to workers. He got direct feedback of what's going on. And he shared that with his audience. And it's even landed him some media appearance, not even landed him some media appearance because I feel like he's been all over the media. His profile has really blown up. But just recently, he was on the cover of Forbes magazine saying that, can this guy fix the supply chain mess? And it's a huge pro profile of just him. So that's the power of sharing your expertise, talking directly to not only your employees, but the workers on the front lines that are in the trenches. And then from that lens, sharing that education with your audience, sharing it with your customers, being that direct line of communication. Now, him sharing that insight on Twitter has now transferred into several other opportunities that now other media organizations and other, you know, sort of timeless, uh, you know, that Forbes is one of them. Uh, the New York Times is another one. Um, Bloomberg's Odd Lots podcast, which is a great listen, by the way. Um, all of those different media circles are now looking to him as the expert f- to get further insight into these crises that are going on. And he's able to position not only himself, but his company as well, as far as things that you should be paying attention to in the marketplace. There's another aspect to this as well, because their website, Flexport's website is fantastic. They have a ton of resources on there. I'm a big fan of like the modern sort of web design. So they they have those lanes covered. But then on the flip side, they have an entire resources section on their website. And one of my favorite things that they've done is they have this program called FlexU. And it serves as an introductory to the world of freight, of shipping. If you're watching on the screen right now, you can see a couple of different courses that they're offering for their FlexU courses. And it's a bill of lading 101, uh, you know, air freight 101, customs 101. All of these courses are for free on their site and you can take them in a matter of an hour and get up to speed. And so what that says to me is that a lot of folks who are looking to either just have a curiosity about the industry or are looking to enter the industry, whether they're working in another industry or maybe they're in school and they want to get a little bit more education on it, that funnel system creates that educational journey for that person. So it creates that brand affinity even more. So I thought that that was a... And not only do they have these these FlexU courses, another area of what I thought that they do a great job on is providing additional resources. So they have blogs, webinars, dictionary of, of a different terminology, um, history within the industry, within supply chain and logistics. So they provide all of that information right there on their website. They don't gatekeep it. They don't, you know, put your, you got to enter your email in order to watch it. They put it all right there front and center. And then they have an extreme, uh, extreme ability to help you not only get the introductory lessons, but then to move forward through the funnel where you're following them on social media and you become a fan of a company. So that is a great sort of resource. And, and, 
for a lot of companies out there, you might not have the budget, you might not have the time or the resources right now in order to create content like that. But if you just go to their website, and you're able to check out those different resources, you could look at that as an opportunity to be like, okay, well, which parts of this do I have the bandwidth to create? And which of these do I have the knowledge and expertise in order to create and then make those resources available on your website, because then that's not only going to help as far as brand awareness and education within your own staff, but it's also going to help from a recruiting perspective. If you you want to be able to recruit from other industries, if you want to be able to recruit from different colleges, then this is a great pathway. And I think that that's a perfect example of how other companies can sort of borrow from the ideas that they already have full on display. And you can see the proof is in the pudding. If he's landing magazine covers on Forbes, for God's sakes, then what he's doing is working. So watch what he does and also what he says with Ryan Peterson, the the CEO of Flexport. Now, the next example that I want to give is from the 3PL side of things, and that's Steam Logistics on LinkedIn. Now, what I love about their strategy is that we've talked about a few episodes back about starting up your company LinkedIn strategy. And from that lens, how do you actually get started on LinkedIn? And really, the way that you get started on LinkedIn is by having buy-in from the leadership team within your organization. And we're going to actually pop up a a quick meme or sort of play on a meme that one of the executives posted that got tremendous amount of engagement. And it was one of those images that he's playing off of sort of, I guess, the VC world where the VC world will announce new funding initiatives. And he is promoting that his business, Steam Logistics, just raised no money in Series C or Series C funding, no bloated, unrealistic valuations. They still opened five offices, hired 500 employees, and went from 98 million in 2020 to pay on pace for 900 million in 2022. That is Exhibit A of how you can use sort of that mean culture that we talked about initially. That I probably was, I said I wasn't going to include, but this I feel like has a little bit of a meme vibe to it that they're they're showboating without necessarily feeling like it's egotistical. They're highlighting their company culture. They're highlighting where their success is and what, where they found and where they have chose to make those smart decisions. The CEO or the, the leadership, I think it's actually the president of the organization, posted that image. It was shared by the company LinkedIn page. They got a dramatic amount of, of engagement on that post and brand awareness from that post. And that's really where the heart of a LinkedIn strategy lies, is getting the leadership team to buy in and invest your time and posting to LinkedIn and connecting with other folks and doing that digital networking first. So then that way it can build and it can expand on from there. Because when you post to social media, especially on LinkedIn, the shelf life of those posts lasts considerably longer comparative to other social media platforms. I think, you know, with Twitter in general, it's uh, the shelf life of a tweet can last uh, about two hours is the lifeline of that tweet if it doesn't go viral, which 99% of tweets do not go viral. So keeping at it from that lens that where can, if you have a limited amount of time, where are you going to spend your time and effort? LinkedIn should absolutely be one of those. And looking at companies like Steam Logistics, that is a great place to start because that you can see what's already working for them. Then you can check the comments and posts like those to see what other questions that people are asking. Um, if they are asking questions, um, see what their leadership team is posting on a regular basis and just kind of keep your eye on it. So you can look out for some common themes and some, some ways that you can take the ideas and the frameworks of what they're using. You know, that first hook 
of the first sentence that you put on your post is the most important. What's the rest of the copy that you put in the post? What's the image? If you add an image that goes along with the post, are you sending traffic away from LinkedIn, which you shouldn't be? Are you keeping that traffic there, which is what LinkedIn wants? So are you making those incremental improvements? And how can you draw inspiration from these other companies that are already doing a good job of it? How can you draw inspiration from there and then start your own path on LinkedIn and then have your company, the rest of your coworkers start to join in on the action too. But it really starts with the leadership within your company and Steam Logistics. That, that's why I picked them for that next example. I would also shout out to, to Freight Vana as well. You're going to hear from them in a pretty lengthy interview later on. But they also have a really great LinkedIn strategy. So if you're looking for companies and workers within those companies that are doing a great job in freight on those platforms, those are two good companies to start with. And then the last one on this list that I want to mention is from the carrier perspective. If you've listened to the show for any length of time, you know how much of a fan I am of BCB Transport, um, also BCB Live. They're two separate entities, but some of their content is works well on both of those platforms. So with BCB Transport in particular, they started off by live streaming their driver safety meetings on Facebook Live and on a little iPhone. That's how they got started. And now they're in a full broadcast studio. They gutted an office. Now they have a full, you know, cameras and lighting and a backdrop. And they have daily content every single day. They involve HR, they involve safety. And then they also involve the leadership team within the organization. And they're creating content specifically for their drivers. And it's gone so well that what they've done now is they've lowered their insurance premium in a time where nobody is getting their insurance premiums, especially if you're an asset-driven company. If you're an asset-driven company, your insurance premiums are probably going up, but not for BCB Transport because their, their premiums are actually dropping because they preach so much safety. So that's a really great example. But the one that I really wanted to highlight that I don't think a lot of folks know about just yet is John Christner Trucking. I originally discovered them through one of their drivers that was on TikTok. TikTok, Double T. He's one of the best follows, especially one of the best drivers out on TikTok. So highly recommend giving him a follow. But he was the one that introduced me to John Christner Trucking. I go to their website and they have an entire area specifically geared towards their drivers. One of those which has a Facebook photo contest where they sort of empower their drivers to take photos of their trucks while out on the road. And if you're seeing these photos on the screen right now, you, you know how like, some of these images are gorgeous. And so these drivers, like if you, you would have to pay a lot of money, you have to pay a photographer a lot of money to travel around to take photos like this, but they use user-generated content from their drivers that are already on the scene, out on the road. They're probably used to creating content. And so they're highlighting those photos right there on their website. And then that's content, not just for their website, but for all of their social media marketing. And they can also use it as a recruiting tactic as well, because they're giving a voice to their drivers. So I thought that that was really clever. They also have a really great podcast series where they interview not just employees from within the company, but their drivers as well. The, the Double T, the, the, the driver that I, I just spoke about, he was on a very lengthy interview with John Christner on the, on their podcast and all they do they keep it very simple they they just talk to each other they upload the podcast audio to the feed and then they just have a static image on their YouTube where a lot of these videos and a lot of these interviews are getting thousands and thousands of views so that's another recruitment tactic because the audience that they're trying to reach 
drivers most likely. And then those drivers are creating, helping them to create content and increase that brand awareness right there on their different social media platforms. And then they can use that content from those social media platforms and add it to their website. So I think that from these three main examples from you know freight tech and 3PLs and carriers, you can really draw the common theme of being educational first, prioritizing education. Because if you prioritize education, then what you're saying is not only to your employees and your customers, well, really to your employees, but mostly your customers, because your customers aren't in the trenches like you are. You can position yourself to be that educational resource for your audience. And then using that content as an example, you can be proactive with them so they can continue to develop that trust and affinity for you and your company. So those are just a few examples. And I, I think that you know the, the common theme of it being educational first is a really just sort of great tactic, no matter if you're in trucking or if you're in, in tech or if you're in any other industry, using education and what you know, and then seeking out other knowledgeable folks within the industry, I think is one of the best bangs for your buck that you can get from a content marketing lens. Um, so those are all really great examples. But the next example that I want to give is from our next guest, Lars Award. And he is the VP of Product Development at Freightvana and or not product development, but business development um, over at Freightvana. And they are a shining example of using the power of LinkedIn, not only from a company page perspective, but from a lot of their employees, their branding is consistent. You'll notice a lot of all of the employees have the yellow background on their avatar image. So whenever you are scrolling through LinkedIn, you can easily you know, attribute that yellow background from a photo to their brand, that Freightvana yellow, which I think is something that is a little, it's a minute thing, but it goes a long way. So that's going to be the the interview for today. I hope you guys enjoy. Um, once again, my name is Blythe Brumley with Cyberly and DigitalDispatch.io. We will be here right back here next week at 2 p.m. every Thursday. But for now, listen to this interview with Lars Ward. Welcome into another episode of Cyberly. We are still here live at Manifest the Future of Logistics. Got a special guest for you today. We've got Lars from Freightvana. Lars, for the folks who are not on LinkedIn, can you explain who, who you are and, and, and your company and all that good stuff? Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me, first Absolutely. of all. My name is Lars Ward. Uh, I'm our Vice President of Business Development at Freightvana. Freightvana is a logistics startup based in Phoenix, Arizona. We got started last year in June. Uh, we started our day one with a little bit more than 20 folks who are part of our team, and uh, we've been growing pretty quickly in the logistics space. So this year, I think we've already doubled our headcount from day one of last year. Oh, wow. And yeah, we've got some ambitious growth goals as we go into 22. What's it like starting a business in a pandemic? Oof. Uh, it's a little bit scary and a lot of fun, yeah. right? So I think we were all uncertain about what the business environment would look like, what the freight environment would look like if you were to rewind the tape to March or April of 20. Mm. I think it was the first time for most of us where we saw empty shelves and a really complex supply chain where we weren't sure what was going to be moving. And then very, very quickly, that story changed where we saw the importance of transportation, logistics, and supply chain uh, really grow through the pandemic and the necessity of it, right? Mm. Fast forward a little bit later and deciding to start our company, uh, sure, a little bit scary, but I think we saw that there was a great opportunity to go out and do something different. 
So it's been good for us. That's awesome to hear. I I love the success stories of the people who have started in the middle of, I think, what is the most challenging time for a lot of folks, a lot of businesses. So starting something new and then seeing that double-digit growth, especially among your your, your team, like that is, it's already like an incredible story. It's very validating even in a short amount of time, six, seven, eight months, where uh, we look back at day one as something that feels like years ago. Yeah. Which is, uh, I'm saying is a good thing, not a bad thing. It's not the dog years of startups, but it's really, uh, we've, we've been encouraged because of the adoption and the encouragement from our customers, from our carriers, from our vendors, because they see what we're doing. They see that we show up different and they're excited to watch us grow and to grow with us. And I had mentioned too, you're speaking of the growth and I had mentioned earlier as sort of the kickoff to the show that if you're not on LinkedIn, yeah. then you probably haven't seen a lot of the posts. We that got you guys connected are through crazy, LinkedIn, right. which is super fun. And that's, yeah. I think that's the beauty of like live events like this is because for the first time since really COVID hit, you're able to start meeting with those connections that you yes. made digitally and you're meeting them in real life. And you guys have really been like taking off on LinkedIn, even the, the aspect of like the uh, the branding behind like your profile yes. photos on LinkedIn. What was that? Was that a a cohesive strategy that you guys all came up with? So I'm going to give a shout out to our director of recruiting and marketing, Josh Breeze. A lot of what you see on LinkedIn is because of him. So just a great creative person. And you talked about the headshots. So uh, we have two primary colors at Freightvana, gray and gold. And we put kind of a gold background behind all of our team. And that's fun. And and what's really fun, too, is when you see on LinkedIn, maybe we're all interacting on a post or, uh, you know, some folks are looking at our company and they're getting to see this uniform sort of brand, which I think is a great way for us to get our name out into the marketplace. Uh, But even from a posting standpoint, we're able to generate a lot of intrigue and interest in what we're doing by being present and showing up in an authentic manner in LinkedIn and in other forms, right? We don't want to have that you know, I'd say sort of standoffish approach. We want to meet people where they are. I think the front door of so many B2B interactions is really your website, but even more so your social media personality. Where, you know, how are you meeting your customers? And if they can interact with us and they can see who we are, we're going to have a better chance of working with them, right? Was there an initial strategy on before getting on LinkedIn? Mm-hmm. Because I, I believe that you guys are, are fairly, you just said you're, you're, you're less than a year old. last year, yeah. So less than a year old. Was there a, a thought process of going into social media of we want to have a yeah. cohesive team strategy? You know, I'd like to say that there was, but I think it's grown organically. Mm-hmm. So what we wanted to do is this. We wanted to be... Um, We wanted to be an organization that would show up authentically. But saying that's easy, it's not necessarily strategic. And I think as we've evolved, we said, well, how do we want our messaging to look? And what do we want to share? And how do we want to share it? LinkedIn's been a great resource and a great tool for us because we can share pretty frequently, pretty consistently. And then as we've continued sharing, we've got nearly 1,000 followers. Wow. As a new logistics company. Yeah. And, you know, sure, all of our employees follow us, but... We don't have a thousand employees, not yet, right? So for us to be able to do that, what that means is folks are seeing what we post and they want to follow along with our journey, right? So I think from a strategic standpoint, it's grown uh, very, very quickly. But day one, we said we just want to show up and we want to be authentic. From there, it's developed. It's become a little bit more complex, as you'd expect. But really, I think we just started with a high-level perspective that we're going to show up as who we are. Yeah. And so from, from that lens, obviously LinkedIn is is a big priority for you guys. Yeah. What about the lens of other social media platforms? Yeah, Are you so guys starting to, to expand felt, out there? <laughs> I felt like I was totally missing the boat early. Um, I had heard about TikTok. Um, 
never interacted on it, never downloaded it, never looked at TikTok. But Josh was really, really early on marketing through TikTok. And he said, hey, let's be funny. It's a great way for a message to land, to stick. And I think even in uh, the last eight months or so, you're seeing more companies follow along and going with that sort of format. Being able to create fun, uh, punchy videos that might make you laugh, might make you think, uh, are a great way to land a message. And so we've been doing a lot in LinkedIn, a lot in Instagram, and then we've been cross-sharing a lot of that content on the platform because, again, as a startup, it's our job to get our name out there, and this has been a great way to do it for us. Do you guys have a singular strategy for each platform, or is it kind of, you know, because I, I always yeah. sort of tell people, well, learn one platform first and then start to expand out. Okay, and then so you can kind of use the same content on different platforms, but you got to change it a you little bit. you got to change it up a little bit. You can't just go with the same strategy yeah. across the board. Do you remember when you first got a LinkedIn profile? No, I don't because it was so either. long ago. It was so long ago, right? And, and it, it was almost a feels like platform. It feels like this digital sort of resume. Yeah. Or at least it used to, right? You only looked at it when you needed a job. Only when you needed a job. Mm -hmm. If you saw someone five years ago in the office on LinkedIn, they were going to be called in for a one-on-one. -on -one. Right. Like, <laughs> immediately. Like, them. HR is like... <laughs> and now it's like... You might walk by somebody like, hey, why haven't you logged into LinkedIn recently, mm -hmm. right? Oh, that's, a, that's very true. You know, why aren't you active on there? Our buyers are there, our vendors are there, our partners are there. Well, why aren't you, right? So that's changed pretty quickly. I think that's here to stay, mm. right? And it's gonna continue to get more complex. So now back to the question, how do you show up differently on those different platforms? Not all that long ago, we were only on LinkedIn to go find jobs. Now we're on there to connect. I mean, genuinely to connect, right? I think it's okay to show up very authentically on LinkedIn, to be funny, to uh, not be so buttoned up. Mm. I mean, I think that's what people expect. And, and hey, even in the post-COVID era, I think a lot of that formality was thrown out the window. Remember those early days of Zoom? And it's like, my dog's barking. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And it's like, you want to see my like, dog? <laughs> it's like, you get it. Like, this is the whole package. We have another package at our door. Like, <laughs> If you hire me, you hire my dog, too. Yeah, right? It, it's like, well, same, like, I've got two little ones. It's like, my kid's crying in the background. Want to see my kid? It's a great selling technique. Absolutely. Because I feel like people will connect but early with that, on, though. early on, you were shy about it or you yes. felt embarrassed by it. And I think organizations that say, no, 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 it's okay. Right. You've got a dog. That's great. You've got a family. That's great, too. I right? think it was funny about a year before COVID hit. I want to say it was about that time frame that this guy was doing an interview on, like, CNBC or something like that. Oh, the where kid the kid comes in and, like... Just marches what, in. And then the one that followed in... <laughs> And then the, the, the woman comes in and just grabs both of them yeah, and he's and apologizing, but everybody's well, asking and what's about funny, the and so and then they and then they went back to it afterwards <laughs> where it's like, okay, and you know, you know that like if you're and hey, it could be the other way around. Right. I'd come in and I'd be running the kids, you know, if my right. wife was on a call or something like that. <laughs> But you kind of have that moment where you're like, oh, no. And now it's like, it's okay. You know what's funny is that that guy just does like, video now. off like, for like two seconds and solve that whole. <laughs> but it was a great meme. Like, we needed that. Yes. Yeah. I, that, so it's that aspect of it. But now when that guy does interviews, people yeah. will flood the comments asking about the kids. See my, yeah. Yes. Show your kids, right? <laughs> so there was that one. And then there was another one where someone said something. I, I think he had to get up out of his chair and he was wearing shorts, right? Yeah. So like professional and then gym shorts. Um, 
the CEO then stands up, is like, yeah, me too. Yeah, everybody does that. Right. <laughs> it, except so, for us, we're live at a conference, so we're not doing that. I had to break out my jackets. <laughs> I had to clean my nice pants. Uh, <laughs> but it's great. It's great that we're getting back to this. So you think about yes. those things where what's changed after COVID. I think we're more sincere. I think we're more authentic. And that is such a great thing. Absolutely. It has pushed us to be more of ourselves in our workplace. And so I think those lines get a little bit blurred when it comes to social media. We can be more personable on a LinkedIn. We can right. be funny on a LinkedIn. We can be consistently hanging out on LinkedIn. We can also be on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. And then when I think it, when it comes to the professional side, when we're doing video calls, that's gotten so much better. Mm -hmm. And simultaneously, I think the opportunity to get back in person for conferences, for meetings, has gotten better. And Before, then it strengthens those digital relationships too. Early on in my sales career, I was measured on how many hands I would shake. Mm -hmm. Not the thoughtfulness of the meetings I would have, the proposals I would give, uh, the work that I would go and do. Um, now I love shaking hands. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you do get opportunities to come to conferences, right, I think you show up in that same manner with everything else that we're talking about, where you can be a little bit authentic and dress down and, and just, I don't know, cut through some of the BS. Just embrace it. And, yeah. and I, I think that that's also what's changed about COVID too, with coming back to the live events, is that yep. you're using the live events to strengthen those digital relationships that you've been building for the last couple yeah. of years. And you can keep those going. And I think too, you, you can also be a little bit more picky about the events that you go to, yes. where it's more of an experience at the event. Because I think that that's one of the, the great things about Manifest is that you have the autonomous vehicle zone. You have Which a so cool. puppy lounge. You have all of these different can aspects. Can talk about the puppy lounge? Let's talk about the puppy okay, lounge. The puppy lounge might be my favorite thing. Um, Geoda sponsored the puppy lounge yes. here. And I talked to their head of marketing, um, Evelyn. I forget her last name. She did a fantastic job. And so not only is it puppies, but it's also partnered with a local rescue where you yep. can adopt the animals. Um, but in the middle of the conference floor, there is a, I don't know, 20 by 20 little dog pen, beautiful little puppies Enough running for a around. a few benches, some fake grass, yeah. like, uh, plenty of room to spread out. You want to get folks to stop by in a conference setting, your booth. Puppies is probably the best way to go and do that. I feel like that's brilliant. If if a conference doesn't have a puppy booth in the future, they're missing. Yeah, I'm right? not going. But but think about it too. So we've <laughs> maybe uh, <laughs> if you're conference planners, if you want get to puppies. guarantee <laughs> that will be there and that people I'm will be you, excited. It, it, it might be the hit of the show. It's like okay, autonomous trucks number one, puppies number two. See, I'd swap it. Yeah. Or maybe like one A and one B. One A, one B. Yeah. Yeah. And depending on where you where you're at, that that answer flips. So. <laughs> But what's great about that is it's a physical representation of showing up a little bit different, of being more genuine, being more authentic, right? A couple of years ago, something like that, I could see people thumbing their nose at it. And then I saw some professionals down on the fake AstroTurf saying, come here, little puppy, right? <laughs> Having a great time. Yes. You know, it's funny, I was talking to some folks too, and they said, Conferences can also be a little bit stressful. Mm. What a great mental health break. Yes, that was what my thought process. What a great mental health break, right? you're talking, you're, and, and I think that that's one part of COVID that not a lot of people talk about is that you have spent a lot of time indoors. You probably yes. haven't been talking to a When's lot When's the last of time you've done this, right. right? And so it can be a little exhausting to come to these things really? and talk yeah. so much that you need that mental break in order yes. to get that recharge. And that was the perfect way for me to recharge, to go play with some puppies. Yes. And then I'm in a much better mood to go around and have conversations. You know, he'll he'll kick me for this, but our CTO, Don Everhart, was actually late to a customer meeting. Show, you know, like two minutes late. Sorry, Don. <laughs> uh, and he shows up, he says, hi, I'm Don Everhart, CTO. I was playing with puppies. <laughs> 
instantly forgiven, yeah. though. Forgiven, totally. Well, you know what's great? The customer's like, oh, yeah, I played with them earlier. <laughs> so did not care. Yeah, and, and so, again, I think we're just showing up uh, a little bit more genuinely than we used to, and that's one of the really good things that's happened over the last year and a half, two years. For sure. Right? And I think, too, from, from that aspect, we, we had talked a little bit about LinkedIn. We talked about the Puppy yep. Lounge and like th those different connections. And I feel like a lot of companies would be asking themselves, before they even invest in something like that, a, a LinkedIn strategy or yes. a Puppy Lounge, what's the ROI? The famous question the famous with marketing question. and sales is, what's yeah. the ROI? So what's your take on the ROI of a LinkedIn strategy, of a Puppy well, Lounge? ROI is the wrong question, isn't it? Is it? I think it is. So so you are trying to put a black and white measurement on something that isn't so black or white. Unless you have a different ROI strat. ROI is different well, for everybody. It is. And so and maybe hey, so so I'll clarify that a little bit. If you have a very traditional ROI strategy, you're probably going to miss on social in general and marketing specifically because you're not thinking about it as a way to go and acquire customers because it's not the blooper reel, so we're just going to pick right up where we left off. On it, right? So, yeah. So you think about so ROI. Well, when well, it comes so, to so, social media so, and so puppy lounges. The, <laughs> but the work that we've been doing for months is the inbound leads I saw today. Mm -hmm. Right. So think about that. The work we've been doing for months is the inbound leads I've seen today. Now, the revenue I see to those, is that going to be a week from now, a month from now, three months from now? The sales cycle looks a little bit differently. But then what's the lifetime value of that customer who came in on that inbound lead? For some legacy companies, they might be able to measure that well. For some, I think they've got to do some deep, deep, uh, thoughtful work on thinking about how they should approach that. And I think if they were to embrace the fuzziness of the direct ROI in a short amount of time, what they'd say is, we can't underinvest here. Mm. There is no amount of, uh, well, let me say it this way. They, you need to maximize your marketing dollars. There was a, an old uh, Coca-Cola ad executive who at some point said, we will spend a dollar for every dollar and a cent return we get from marketing. Now, that was aggressive, and that was from a different era, but that quote always stuck with me, and I'm paraphrasing and butchering it at that, but it, it's to the effect of marketing cannot be undervalued. Right? And even though I don't have responsibility for that, I have responsibility for the direct selling of it, uh, I need great marketing to do my job well. Absolutely, because it, it's like you said, it takes months of work. Months. And I feel like that's what a lot of companies miss. And even when they... you see the value of it, you're not going to see it in that one moment. Right. That value might come it for has to years snowball. afterwards. And I think for a lot of folks that you know, you'll see predominantly within logistics and the LinkedIn community, they have been building for years, yes. for at least a year, at least you know a lot of them two years. I know it's taken me about two years to really gain a lot of traction yeah. to find yourself at events like this, talking to folks like yeah. you. So it's an investment, not just monetarily, but time-wise, strategy-wise. I can tell when I was learning. saying that, like, you're you're thinking to yourself, right, there were months and months yes. of building to get to this moment. One post may give you six yeah. likes. And, and that's okay. you got to build to it. That's totally it. okay. But, right? you know, a lot of executives, if they don't get 100 likes on something, they think it's a they failure. Quit. They quit after two months and they see no value in yeah, it. Yeah, it's a, it's a flash in the pan. There's so many organizations when I go to look at their organization page on LinkedIn and then I go to look at their post, they've made two posts in last year. Oh my gosh, you're missing. Right. Right. You've got to be consistent. You have to have a strategy and you have to have the commitment and follow through to see that over a period of time. You won't see any value if you don't. Right. But I think a lot of folks are short-sighted and 
uh, hey, let's be let's be real. Logistics. Why do you? We're guys, not good at marketing. So obviously, you're you're, you're very pro marketing, which is kind of I think you know for over the I guess the history is you know marketing versus yeah. sales in a lot of organizations. It but you guys be. seem yeah. yeah. You guys seem to have a great relationship. So how do y'all keep that dynamic? moving in a positive way? Is it active communication? Is it joining each other in, in uh, sales meetings, marketing meetings? What does that I look think, like for I you guys? I think we get an interesting vantage point to it because we're new. And so I know the value of marketing and having brand awareness. Whereas I think some legacy companies might say to themselves, well, folks know who we are. Right. And that might not be true. And so I think they look at it maybe a little bit adversarially, where you're not doing your job, well, you're not doing your job. And that's the classic marketing sales sort of sort of fight, and I just, I don't know. I, I think those lines are, are even pretty blurred today, where it's not just a, you can't have a strategy for either sales or marketing that doesn't include the other. Absolutely. So, so when you ask, hey, why is it working for us? I think it's because we view it that way. Mm. We've been hand in hand since day one. That's awesome. Yeah. What, what are the kind of, I guess, the ways that you guys work together? Is it regular meetings? Is yeah, it maybe regular meetings, brainstorming, team? and you know, it's kind of fun. Um, hey, COVID's disrupted a lot of things, but one of the things that we are fortunate to have is an office space where we all get to be together. Um, and hey, we have hybrid remote work. We have a few employees who are in different states, but primarily our folks are in Phoenix, Arizona, mm -hmm. right? And so we can get together and wrap and brainstorm and do. Some of those things that are a little bit better in person, right? There are some great things to do remote at home, even in sales and marketing. But I think the consistent getting together, brainstorming, working together has helped us out. I also say we're very fortunate as a team. A lot of the folks who uh, are a part of this journey with us, we've known for a long period of time. Some of the folks that are at Freightvana, even though we've only been together for six, seven, eight months, I've known for 10 years, right? And so we're operating from this high level of trust. We're in it together. I think we've just, I don't know, we've, we've been able to do it a little bit differently than we did in the past life. Now, obviously you guys are prioritizing marketing and sales relationship and yep. in, in collaboration together. It's historically in this industry that that hasn't always been the case, oh, but so are there bad. any- <laughs> We're so bad, no guys. But are there any companies doing it right that you're a fan of? Freight Mana. <laughs> what about outside of freight? No, Nevada? no. Or maybe I know. outside of freight. Um, maybe lessons that you take from from other companies on LinkedIn. You know what? I'd say so. So the companies that are here, I think, are doing a great job. I've seen a lot of great branding, a lot of great marketing. I think, by and large, the companies that are showing up to events like this are realizing the importance of it, so they are investing in it. And you know, I think some of the digital startups, right, which which we're a part of, they do a better job because they're coming to it from a different perspective. And they than, have to. Yes. They, they have, have to. to do it because they don't have 200 And so I think that pushes the, the industry, which is a great thing. It's what it's what a lot of these startups say that they're doing. But the truth is you see that happen when they get their brand recognition out there in a short amount of time. And as startups, they're able to disrupt that traditional legacy model, right? I think that does push the whole industry. So no, I'm kidding. We do a great job, but there's there's a lot of folks in the space that we're fans of. But also say, look in the last couple of years, what you're doing, what other folks like you are doing, able to build build up a following, put out content, do things like that. That wasn't happening three years ago. No, it was happening it was, in other industries, not, yes, right. not freight. And so I think in general, logistics is sometimes slow to adopt new technologies because sometimes we're doing really tough work and the barriers to change are high, right? You can't go and 
shut down a building for a year. You can't go and rework an entire supply chain in a short amount of time. So some of the, the changes are slower or incremental, and they also have to be proven before they're implemented, right? If I were to go back to some of the early objections we had at Freightvana, it wasn't about our model, our approach, or our team, but sometimes it was simply, we don't want to make a heavy investment early with a newer provider. That I'll start you slow, because we're going to crawl, walk, and then we're going to run, right? Now, what's funny is, in this market, if you can prove it even after a short period of time, they'll scale you up really quick, right? Um, but I think marketing and the adoption of it is very similar, right? I think they want to see the ROI. They want to see it work. They want to see other folks do it uh, before they make an investment. I'll tell you now, we're, we're sharing, we're active at Freightvana, but in my past life, uh, the number of people we had to have to approve messages, the number of things we were told not to say, to not do, really just put handcuffs around us where we have a lot of creative people who share a lot today and didn't share at all last year. Right. Why, right? Preserve the brand, don't say something dumb, don't make a mistake, right? All that stuff. You have to get over it a little bit. And you have to you trust, trust your, your team. people. Gosh, right. yes. We said it, Echo. It comes to trust. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's so true. It is. If you would trust your folks to talk to your partners, why wouldn't you trust them to talk to the marketplace? Well talk said. to those who want to be your partner. Absolutely. Because I think you, you can't suffocate creativity, and you have to yes. you have to be able to give the the leash a little bit for your employees to build their personal brands because that helps you I build like your company way, brand. I like the way you said it. It almost feels like trust plus empowerment. Mm -hmm. Trust plus empowerment is what is going to give you that marketing momentum that you're probably looking for. Right. Yeah. And that you're probably that. paying thousands and thousands of dollars oh to Google gosh. AdWords each month. Or yeah. imagine if you took that budget and invested it into a personality to come in and find the cool spots within your company that you could be talking about. Companies need to be thinking more about that. They need to be You're thinking about working with influencers, and especially from a lot of these different carriers. And maybe you have dedicated fleets with with truckers that have a you know a high profile. Truckers have some of the best social media. They do in all of logistics. It's so slept on. And they are not. You, they are not getting paid for their influencer work. And a lot of executives don't even see that kind of media because they're not consuming it. Right. And once you do, you see, oh my gosh, this is so valuable. Hundreds of thousands of followers for Seriously. a lot of these guys on yeah. YouTube, on Instagram, on yeah, we TikTok. Haven't talked much about YouTube. YouTube is a great vlogging mechanism for drivers. Yes. And some of the content's really good. It's entertaining. And it's very insightful. And, yeah. and speaking of like, you know, marketing and sales communicating together, like more and more fleets or, or even brokers, if and you're you working see, with these you carriers. See some dip their toes into it, but then it still has, I feel like, the baggage of legacy marketing where it's a little buttoned up and a little bit stuffy. How many leads did we get from that YouTube yeah, video? Yeah, right. Like... And so then you do like a series of three and then you wait and then you don't get traction, and then you stop. And you probably spent a couple grand on high production equipment, renting a crew where- <laughs> We had you... the best transitions. <laughs> Nobody Screw cares. Your transitions. They Nobody cares. They want to feel connected. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's nice when it's clean. But... Right, but at the same time, like, you know, the, the, the majority of videos that go viral on say like a TikTok are the low quality, the, the real unboxing of products, not yeah. the, the fake scripted, you know, that the, people don't want the curated social media feed anymore. They want the realness, and I think that that's why platforms like TikTok to an extent, I would say to an extent LinkedIn, but there's still, I think, a lot of BS on, on LinkedIn that needs to get cleaned up. But there I is. feel like more as more creators are seeing value. But you can't let that stop you, yes. right? Because you can be the value in somebody's yeah. feed. When right. you see so much cheesy stuff, if you're sick of like seeing certain things, then be the value that you want in your own timeline and provide I, that to somebody else. So why do you think companies don't do it? They're too afraid. 
Yeah. And they just don't, they don't believe Too afraid in of brand too reputation afraid or where, where do you think? Brand reputation. And then I would also say time commitment. They do not prioritize it. So it's easy to put like it on the, the back ROI burner. is so high. And I know that it probably doesn't sound like that because I, I would argue it's hard to measure, but it's actually incredibly high. I mean, from a marketing perspective, dollars spent in marketing come back to you in a significant way, right? And even if it is those hard to measure uh, features like having brand awareness, right, which is, you know, maybe not a direct return, it does produce a direct return at some point in time. And so it's just, I don't, I don't understand Well, it. the easiest thing I think for, for a lot of folks is just adding a simple field to their contact forms on their website. Yeah. Uh, adding, how did you hear about us? Not a drop down, not a pre-selected box that you have. So they have to fill it you out and give you that feedback. You have to fill it out and you have to hmm. manually type it in where you heard of that company or where you've heard of that And that the truth brand. is if they were to do it, by and large, it's going to be social media. Yes. They're not finding it from Google. Podcasts your, 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 or social media. Your AdWords are just getting buried. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's terrible. You can type in any one of the companies here, and their competitors are the first and second and third result. Right. Right? Okay, so that's not great. Podcasts, we haven't talked a lot about that. A lot of folks don't even jump on a podcast. And it's so, it's the best PR that you can get. If you can hire a PR agency to book you on, say, 10, 20 podcasts. I love the industry podcast, too. They've been getting so much better, and they're fun. And you get to feel like you know people. Mm-hmm. Like when you when you read some copy or see a marketing deck or all of that, great, right. sure. But you really get a sense to know somebody yes. when you listen to them in a long-form interview like this, and and they tell you where they're coming from and who they are and what they're trying to do. Right. You know. And then it goes back, I think, to our earlier point where you have that digital connection. But if you're with afraid, somebody. if you're afraid that you're going to say the wrong thing or you don't empower your people, you don't jump on it. Great. Your competitors will. Right. Great. And you'll die a slow death. Yeah. Like that's that's just the name of the game. You either you have to adapt to survive, especially in a digital yeah. media environment, because folks who were building on Facebook ten years ago, they saw they saw they got a lot of value value from that originally, but if they t- didn't take those skill sets and move them to another yeah. platform, then they probably are already done Because they died over there. Right. So let me ask you, because I love that conversation, so where do you think the next year to five years would be from a social marketing standpoint? Where's the traffic going to go? Social, I think, it's difficult to, to say five years because there's no way to even Like TikTok tell, was on nobody's radar. Right. Whereas you would Until probably say pandemic. that's a part of the strategy now. But yes, uh, the, the biggest organic reach that you have online right now is through LinkedIn and through TikTok. That's I'd where agree. you have the most yeah. chance of going viral, getting attention. Part of it too is, is Facebook has had to monetize Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. in a way that's made it a little bit tougher to stand out or a little bit more expensive. But why have they done that? Because it is effective. So you still have to do that. It right. still has to be a part of your strategy. But the return is higher in LinkedIn right now. It's higher in TikTok. Absolutely. And it's higher in podcast. Organically, it's the, the best bang for your, your time buck. It's yeah. going on LinkedIn and going on TikTok. But if you're doing a paid strategy, it's a way to guarantee distribution of the content that you're already creating. So I'm a big fan of folks who are creating content, long-form yeah. interviews, things like this, and then paying for that guaranteed distribution on this. Where, I'm not right. a fan as opposed to folks who pay a lot of money in order to show an ad, hey, download our case study, yeah. download our ebook. Oh my no gosh. Does that. Nobody wants to, because, and then you know you're going to get into the sales funnel, yep. and you know the white paper is like yep. literally crap. Yep. Oh my gosh. Less than one, I think it's something like less than 1% of folks who will download a case study or download an ebook will actually read Should it. Should I plug my freight then... white, white paper? <laughs> is it is it ungated no, or gated? No, I'm it's kidding. gated. 
we, yeah, I mean, we, we send we send things like that to shippers. Well, I think you should. Because we're not trying to use that as a info grab. Yeah. Because typically what you're doing is give, yes. me, your, give me your data and I'll give you an email a sequence. nugget. I know, and it's so bad. You want my drip campaign? Right. I mean, no, just and you have to do it. It is a part of the strategy. There's no doubt. One of the hardest things we have to do as sales folks in the logistics space is get the attention of customers. Uh, I've talked to a couple of customers here, but I actually had uh, a really good friend of mine send me. This is early on last summer. I I said, "Hey, how can I stand out in my messaging?" This person is a friend, uh, but have also done quite a bit of business together. I said, "How can I stand out?" And it's a hard-to-answer question, but a part of that discussion went this way. I said, every single cold solicitation email I get, I'm going to forward to you. Do you want that? I said, of course I do. Like, please send it. I got about 100 messages a week for a month, and I told him to stop it. <laughs> um, like legitimately, there's, no, like, there's no way you can develop a relationship with all of those people. And so, mostly drip campaigns, a couple of personalized emails, most of them were bad, mm. like really bad. I saw a couple where, like, the, uh, you know, it w- wasn't working where it's like, you know, insert name. Like, those moments, cringe. Hi, F right? name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Capitalized, like, name. <laughs> you know, and um, they were just, I don't know, they, they weren't very good. And I think the challenge is not just to show up and do, whether it's the other things that we've done, drip campaigns, whatever the sales strategy might be, it's not a matter of just doing the work, but it's doing it well. Right. Uh, one of my favorite quotes, I think I might have said it to you yesterday, um, but it truly is one of my favorite quotes. Anyone who's ever worked for me has heard it too many times, I right? Think, I think, yeah, I know and where you're going And it's a this. paraphrase, but so is Mark Twain, Mark Twain, and he said uh, something to the effect of, sorry I wrote you such a long letter, I didn't have time to write a short one. Marketing is hard. It is. Good marketing is really, really hard work. And the only way you don't get better... Don't just show up. Don't the, just show up. Make that make that a commitment. And keep doing it. Because yeah. the only way you get better is by getting the reps in. Yeah. It was so bad when my <laughs> when my buddy was sending me all of those cold solicitations. Because what I realized is that is, in part, who I compete with. Hmm. The folks who just inundate poorly. Are you guys doing any uh, cold emailing, cold outreach? Oh, are you yeah. still, are you a big fan of like that? Or or do big you kind fan. of balance it with... There's a balance. Yeah. yeah, there's a balance. I mean, as, as, as much as possible, I want to build a sincere relationship mm-hmm. where we can show up a little bit differently. But at some point, we've got to agree to talk to each other and to work with each other. And again, I'm empathetic. A lot of these shippers are dealing with poor service, blown budgets, and they're still getting blown up by folks who want to be a part of their business. And I think for us, we're sincere, we're deliberate, we're targeted. Um, doesn't mean we're always successful, especially with cold outreach. Sure. But it's something that you have to do. I think I saw, and I don't know, it's in the industry, so it's pretty prevalent. But something like you've got to reach out to somebody seven times yeah. on average before they're going to or they have hear to see your or respond. Ad. Yeah. So something like that. So so let's just say it's seven times. Okay. Before they typically on average. Well, that means for some, you might need to send them a message 20 times. And it's not a matter of being uh, a burden to those prospects that you'd like to work with. But I think it's this. If you believe with conviction that you have value to deliver, it's your job to be persistent. But you need to show up in a way that lets them see that there is value. Otherwise, you are that burden. You are that annoying salesperson. Don't don't show up like that. Well, I think cold outreach is a little bit easier. It's more effective, correct me if I'm wrong, because you're doing so much on social media. So folks are oh, kind of sure. have like yes. a little bit of familiarity with well, your brand, so it even, makes the cold outreach with, effective. And even with the cold outreach, I don't try to go just generic drip campaign. Mm-hmm. 
I kind of hate it. I mean, do you like when you get drip campaigns? It, it depends. If it's, but I always yeah. go back to if it's highly specifically targeted to me. Okay. It's something yep. that I signed up for. I know I'm going to go into an Ooh, email and you signed sequence, up for it. Yeah. and I signed up for it. So if I'm getting highly targeted emails on a regular basis that are high value, mm -hmm. then I don't like report them for spam. See, or... I, I like the opt-in sequences versus the opt-out, hmm. right? So if I'm going to send you one on a totally cold uh, mass drip campaign, I like opt-in. And sometimes you need that reminder. Yeah. Like, uh, for example, like um, courses that I have taken in the past. Okay. It, sometimes I will just forget yeah. that I just signed up for that course and I haven't taken it yet. But if I'm getting the email sequences, hey, there's this something is, that, this that, is that something prompts that, you the right way. Yes. This yeah. is something that you'll learn in this lesson. Or do you want to jump back in and start and continue you know, your so, progress? So, and you talk about the, the cold solicitations. Think about how it ties back to social media. I might have a transportation manager like or interact with something that we do on LinkedIn. And then I might send them an email because I'm going to use a prospecting tool to go find their email, go find their phone number. And I might say, hey, so-and-so, maybe I've even given them a phone call. I like that a little bit more. Hmm. I feel like, I don't know, people have moved away from phones a little bit. I, I definitely have. I know. If but... I don't have a scheduled call, I'm not picking it up. <laughs> so what do you do with a voicemail? This is a serious question. So you get a voicemail from somebody. Do you like that better than a cold email? It depends on the voicemail. I don't want a voicemail that says, hey, call me back. I oh, would. yeah. No, agreed. I, tell me agreed. why you're calling. Oh, my gosh. Tell me in the message why What's you're calling. What's fun about those ones is you can block their number. <laughs> so, so when I leave a cold voicemail, it's a quick, here's who I am, here's what I'm doing, and then here's why I want to connect specifically. I do the same in, in cold emails. I do the same when someone has interacted with us in a cold fashion and agreed to a meeting. I like to send a reminder prompt discussing what we are going to talk about and why that meeting is worth their time. Smart. Yeah, right. And part of it is the commitment device. You said you would meet with me, and here's what we're going to do, and then here's what I'm hoping to get out of it. I like doing that. And it seems a little funny to say directly at the beginning no, what I, like I want that. at the end of it. Right. But then it kind of gives you these guardrails for your expectations. Right. And I don't know. if I was. I feel like it disarms that I'm not sure what's going to happen next sort of experience. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to talk about, or I don't know why we're getting on this phone call. You're answering yeah. those questions ahead of time, and I would much rather, I would be much more opt to, to have that conversation with somebody if I knew exactly what we were talking about, yes. and I know either I'm interested or I'm not, right. and I'll just pass on the phone call versus taking the phone call because I know that this is something that I might I love be this topic. In, so. I love this topic. <laughs> I know. I feel like we could talk uh, a, a bunch more about this, but we have covered a lot of ground. Um, this might make for a full show on a future <laughs> Cyberly episode, so I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Um, I'm in for it. Any Let's final it. notes, like sales marketing predictions that you have for the rest of this year, what's what's going on at Freightvana, all that good stuff. What do you guys got going on? All right, so you gave me a lot there. Yeah, I know. That was like uh, four questions. <laughs> this will be part two of the show. No, hey, real quick, um, I would love if folks interact. You can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, Lars Ward, uh, at Freightvana. Um, I would love if folks would follow along with us at Freightvana. I've, you weren't the only person at this conference who said, I've noticed what you guys are doing. And I think uh, imitation is a great form of flattery. Maybe folks can find something that we would inspire them to go and do. There's lots of folks here that we're inspired by, right? And so I think that's uh, something that makes the entire social media ecosystem better when there are a lot of folks who are doing it. And, you know, maybe as a prediction, I don't know if this is a good prediction, but what I'd say is we have found value in it. 
we are going to continue investing heavily in the strategy that we've laid out by being active in social media. So not really a prediction, just telling you that's what we're doing. Well, that's really, I feel like yeah. that's a prediction for your company. So I feel like it works well. I think so. Awesome. Where, where can folks follow you, get more of your work? I know you mentioned LinkedIn. Yep. Link, um, LinkedIn's going to be the best place. Reach out. I mean, I'm super active on there. Um, we are also active on TikTok. We're active on uh, Instagram. We're not as funny as some of the other pages, but we definitely try to be a little bit more fun in uh, Instagram and in and TikTok. You know, it's we haven't talked about this, but I love like freight caviar, yes. detention to I almost said it, and then you, you took it for me. Yeah. There's so, also freight, um, I don't know if I can say this, but freight bitch, um, freight B word, if you have to mute freight it. Freight bitch or, is great. <laughs> she's awesome too, so. <laughs> I'm glad you said it first. I think, uh, I think I'm okay to say it, so. Yeah, so. What I'd say is if someone watched this and uh, they were wondering what to do with it, I'd say, hey, uh, take this as a moment to think about your strategy on social and invest in it heavily. And it takes time. And it doesn't take yes. a, It doesn't have to be monetary. Yeah. It takes time investment. Yes. So jump in, start getting your hands dirty, and figure out how it's going to work for you. It's a must. Great talk, Lush. Yeah, this is Thank awesome. <laughs>